Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with somebody who is very near and dear to me is Hilary Camilleri. Hilary is a very well-known photographer in our area of Kitchener-Waterloo and even far past that. And Hillary has a huge heart where she has been very instrumental in a lot of my pictures. I feel like when I look at my pictures, I'm able to see the journey of the process that I've come through. And four years ago, we took the picture for the cover for my book, which we didn't know it would be until the year after. And to now, the pictures that I've taken have been much lighter and happier and joyful and She's really captured the emotion throughout the last few years. And that is because, as she shares in this podcast, I really got to see another side of Hillary and understand what her why is, is that she has really used her stories and what she has grown through as a child through her younger years, whether it's through trauma, through adversities, through challenges, and taking that and, and applying that and, and the point of time of having no voice and putting that together to present itself in pictures. And that is what she does. She really does as far as the communities that she serves and how she has such a huge um, offering of what she does with the Down syndrome community here. And it's so beautiful in how it's done. And then Fast forward into the COVID-19, the coronavirus, and we, this is, yes, I'm sure you're probably hearing like enough already, but this is really important because Hillary took this time of feeling that all of a sudden now we're in this pandemic and everything has shut down and her creative flow is her camera, is her photography, is what she does with her clients. And that was gone. She was able to take that and look at it and say, let's create something that really represents where people are at. And she created this beautiful page on Instagram called My Four Walls. And I'll link everything in the show notes. The reason why it's so important to mention here is because City TV has seen it and they are interviewing her next week. It is whether your four walls are the four walls of your mind or the four walls of the house that you're living in. It is really understanding that this state of where we are living right now and what it is, it affects and impacts us all in a lot of ways. So I am so honored to be able to share Hillary's journey and her story and her why and what she's doing and the impact that she's creating in this world and really giving her time for her to shine about what she does. 
because she gives so much time and energy to everyone else to shine. So this is her time. And I know you're going to absolutely love this episode. This is going to go down as one of my favorites. Enjoy. Welcome, Hillary. Thank you. I like that I'm on this super special episode. You are on the super special episode. Not everybody gets to be on that one. <laughs> so, so I have a few questions if people can um, just so they can get to know you and just give you a little bit of info. So where are you from? So originally I was, um, I'm from London, Ontario, but the last 21, 22 years, I found a home here in Kitchener, Waterloo. Uh, after I was finished school, I started work here and then mm-hmm. met my husband and had my family here. So I've been rooted in this community for two decades now. Yeah. See, we're actually not too far from each other. We are just coming up on 20 years being here too. So it's, yeah. Do you, I know you're a reader. Yes. Can you tell us a book that has been impactful for you? Um, yes, I absolutely love to read. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, Oh gosh, that's a tough one because there's so many books that I love. <laughs> you won't go wrong. Whatever pops into your head. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh goodness, that's a tough one. Or we can just go back to it. Yeah, let's go back to that one because I just, there are a lot of, there. I just, I like such a variety of books. Yeah. So I will go through a stage where, um, you know, I will read uh, different books on trauma and abandonment and attachment issues and all that kind of stuff, right? Because I find that whole uh, world fascinating. Just today's um, people are just becoming more aware. They're becoming more conscious of their feelings and they're listening to them and understanding how their past kind of wires, how they approach relationships and that kind of thing. So I find that whole world quite fascinating. Um, I, I heard a podcast this morning where, or just an in, Instagram live story where someone was talking about, you know, just feel the feelings, feel the feelings. And it's so simple, but it's like, I, I love that whole concept around, you know, you, you feel something, you take it in and then, you know, just becoming a more aware and processing it. And he was talking about becoming a mental athlete. And it is oh, kind of true because we, and I loved that concept. I hadn't heard that mm-hmm. before. And, you know, we train our bodies or we, tr- you know, when you think about, all the things we do to take care of our body or how we eat or sleep or our careers and that kind of thing. But when you think about training them, a mental training of the the brain, um, train your brain, your feelings and your brain, your emotions, like a mental athlete. And I loved that. It kind of just, um, I found that very powerful. So yeah, no, I, I definitely like a range of books. And then sometimes I'll feel like a little more light reading. So then I'll kind of look kind of the, you know, the bestsellers kind of thing list mm-hmm. and kind of grab whatever's fun and, and new on that. And then love biographies, right? People's life that. stories and um, Carly Simon's a favorite one of mine, Sally Fields. I heard Beautiful. Sally Fields was really good. Oh, so good. Um, when that. Breath Becomes Air, you know, a few of those different um, kind of books. I just, I really enjoy reading other people's stories. It's always interesting to hear what people have been through in their lives to get to where they are. And, you know, some of the things that, you know, you think you, you're you the only one that goes through that and thinks that, or, you know, you admire where someone's gotten to in their life and you had no idea kind of what they'd been through to get there. So, yeah, so I kind of, I dance between those things. So kind of, you know, a little bit of, I guess, the self-help world into something light 
and then into something, you know, some biography and dive into someone else's life. So awesome. You are no wonder we've connected so much on stories because that is just, you know, something that I find very powerful as far as stories go. Do you have a favorite quote? Uh Yes, I've got lots of um, favorite quotes that I screen grab all the time. But I think one of the thing quotes that I kind of live by is something I actually came up with myself mm. a few years ago when I started my career. It's um, today's fire is tomorrow's fuel. And I have lived by that for probably a good decade. Um, I just recognized early on in my um, career kind of, you know, the ups and downs, the emotional part of it. I found that becoming an entrepreneur kind of felt a little more, um, there was a little more emotional up and down with being an entrepreneur. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Just in terms of, um, there's just not as many rules and guidelines as say when you work in a corporation and there's kind of like set procedures and, and how you act and behave. And then you come into an unregulated industry of photographers where there is no kind of general guidelines, except for just humanity guidelines, right? Like just in terms of, you know, how you just, those kind of things. There's not procedures, not rules. It's just a free for all game of forums and of learning and sharing, which there's so many, so much positive part, but also there was a lot of pain in those early years when I started this job in terms of, um, navigating through, uh, people's opinions, either on your work or what you're doing in your business, um, you as, as a personal human being, how other people process your success, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I did find that emotionally in those first couple of years, I was falling down a lot. Okay. And, but I also noticed a trend or a pattern where something would really get to me mentally or emotionally. But then the next day I kind of woke up and I was like, well, that is I, that is not going to keep me down today. And so I made that thing up. Today's fire is tomorrow's fuel because I did feel days where I just felt in the fire mentally or emotionally in the fire. And then, the, and so I felt down and I felt heavy for that day. And then the next day I came out and I was like, just raring to go. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt that some of those times that were really difficult in my early days are actually probably uh, what fueled me to get to where I am today. So I actually have deep gratitude, to be honest with you, for some of those really hard days and some of those things that felt painful to grow, you know, out of relationships and grow out of situations mm-hmm. to get me to where I am. Because I think had it been an easy road or an easy ride that way, I really don't believe that um, where I am today would have been possible. See, and I think I love every, every single thing that you're saying. And I think this is the the missing piece. That a lot of people don't know about entrepreneurs is like, first off, we never know the story, right? I always say, you know, the glory, you never know the story. People mm-hmm. will look at you and say, like, she is an incredibly successful photographer. It just is something that she does. And it's like, but that's not how it happened, right? So you shifted gears and you shifted careers at... Mm-hmm. What about 15 years ago? No, 20, 10 years uh, ago. So uh, it'd be 12 years this year. I was 35. 12 years. 35 years old and two young kids. Yeah. So what made you say, hey, I think I want to be a photographer? Uh, it was very, I don't know. It just, it's something that I've always said that 
it was never my, um, I never ever set out thinking I want to be a photographer. It was just one of those things I always loved taking photos. I just, and it was more preservation of just time. So I had this, even as a child, I had, I think kind of a very heightened awareness of the passage of time from a very young age. Mm -hmm. So as a child, I'd be the one at my grandparents' house and at my own house looking through old photos, very young, just staring at photos and people and really noticing subtle changes and like, oh, you know, they've grown or they've gotten older. And just, I don't know, I had a huge attachment to the passage of time, um, the freezing of people's um, moments in life, their expressions on their faces. Like I really felt quite drawn to that as a young age, at a young age. And I, you know, all my friends for years can attest to the fact that I always was the one who had the camera for sure. Any, you know, I certainly wasn't thinking of composition or lighting back then. I was uh, just snapping away uh, at, you know, parties and beach days. And like, there just wasn't not a camera with me around. It was kind of my job to do that stuff. So I think when I um, left my corporate job, I felt my husband had bought me a camera and I thought, I think I'm going to pick that up and just try it out kind of thing. And I think it wasn't that, Ooh, I'm going to be a photographer. So when you think about just the craft itself, Mm -hmm. I felt more like I'm going to be someone that's going to connect to people and connect families and make moments and memories last like that. I think that's more was my end goal. And so, which I guess is a photographer, but I, it wasn't like I initially set out that that, you know, I didn't feel the label at first. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was the label. It wasn't that. So I just, um, and I just love people. I think it's just my, uh, kind of obsession with just people, the human spirit, the depth of humanity, families and their stories, people and their stories. I think that's what initially really drew me to mm. this particular craft, which happens to be a photographer. So yeah. it is funny, it's, but it's, but it's, it's you and your purpose, right? You love yeah. stories. You love how yes. telling stories, love being yes. part of that and sharing that journey and, you know, giving light to stories that maybe wouldn't be told or yes. that wouldn't get the exposure that they get. And I can't tell you how many people have said to me, like, oh my God, who takes your pictures? And I'm like, she (laughs) just has a way, she just has a way of connecting. And I will never forget, I'm going to say that's got to be four years ago now, because my book is going to be three years. So four years ago, or five years, that you took that picture of me, and I remember exactly where we were. Me too. Yeah. And I shared a lot about my story. I had no idea that's where it was going to go. And you just had this way of being able to pull that out. And I, I just don't know. I mean, I I have to believe that's not something everybody is able to do. Yeah. I, you know, it's hard for me, I guess, to make that judgment for Mm -hmm. other people and where they come from and their place of creativity. But I knew, I do know that for me, um, I understand now why I'm a photographer. I understand why I do connect with people. Um, I think it, you know, really stems from childhood, things that I went through when I was a child. And uh, I think that coming through some trauma actually heightens my, um, my connection to people, um, the way I can relate to them. I think it just overall makes me a little bit 
you know, makes you more enlightened as a human being to the human experience, right? Because, you know, it's not just sit down, snap a picture. There needs to be a connection that is is felt there. And I just really feel deeply connect, connected to humanity. And uh, I feel people, I really feel people. And when they sit down with me, there's just something I feel on a soul level with people that they're not, it's not something I say explicitly, but there's just something about me that's connecting inside of them. And I, I actually um, meet people, sit with them and I can already envision what I see them and how, how I see them and how I think the world sees them. And so there's quite a process that goes on in my own head that people are not really aware of. Right? Oh, no. No, I, and I actually, I'm going to, I just want to add one thing to this because I yeah. know this. And when those first pictures were taken of me, I was in a darker spot. I was in a spot that I was not, I was just starting to share my story. Yeah. I was really not sure of myself, really uncomfortable, definitely more closed. Yet over the last two years, then my next pictures have changed drastically. Yeah. And I remember you saying, you're lighter now. Let's do these kinds of things with the pictures. And I'm like, okay, yeah. great. And you can see the change. So I think you definitely are extremely perceptive in that and understanding where people are at in their stories or where what's going on in their lives. Yeah. I just have this innate sense that I feel people, I feel people on a level that, um, you know, that, that is just feels different. It feels unique to me. And I'm just at that point after 11 years and the work I've done in my personal life too, to understand and embrace that. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, it's not always about creating maybe has, doesn't have to be the most spectacular it comes to lighting and this and that it's just really becoming the master of everyday people and showing people how the world sees them and wanting them to see what I see in them. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, recently I went through some branding exercises in Toronto just to kind of, um, really start to put some of the things I've learned about people and my craft and myself into more of my work and my branding. So to come out from behind the camera and start to share with people what I see and think and feel during these sessions. And I think it really does stem from, again, I I actually believe most people's life work stems from something that in the inner child, right? So I don't believe that you know, I'm not doing this for a reason that isn't connected to my inner child. I know it is. And I know that my um, desire and want for people to, and to see themselves the way I do is because I never felt that for myself and that I didn't. So I, I don't, I never gave myself permission to feel good about the way I looked. You know, it was security growing up. And, um, but I want, I don't want people to feel that I want people to, I want to give them permission to feel good and to feel beautiful because I didn't. And so I think that that's very, that runs very deep for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I really long for people to have because I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I definitely see that connection now. It's taken a long time to see that connection. And I think the second piece for me is around the voice. Like you mentioned, giving people a voice. And again, connected deeply to my childhood and and growing up and even as an adult of not feeling sometimes like I had a voice. And so my goal is to give people a voice that don't always have one and to shine light upon people that society may not, you know, give as much 
attention to. And I know that also comes deep within. So those two things about, you know, shining, shining light into people's beauty, them seeing that for themselves and giving and giving them a voice. Those are two things I did not feel for myself. And so I think that's what's really coming out of me when I'm, I'm shooting. And at this point, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful that that, um, for all those things that happen, because I think it just brings me to a place that's able to connect a little deeper with people. I think all of that is absolutely beautiful. And you know how I feel about stories and the lessons yeah. that we've learned and everything we've lived through make us who we are. And I think when we can really tap into that yes. and step into that gift, we are powerful. Like I think we are really powerful. We actually light the way for so many other people. Yes. I agree. And I'm just really seeing the deep connection to the work that we do in our everyday um, connected to, you know, like asking what our why is why we do what we do, right in our in our jobs. And I think if people really sat and thought about it, you know, there's a reason why people do the jobs that they do. And it is usually connected to something that, um, you know, perhaps started in their childhood or whatever it may be. So yeah, I find it really, I find it really interesting. And I'm just starting to own that now. Because I think I knew I felt those things, but I didn't really want to say them out loud that, you know, I really want you to feel beautiful about yourself because I never did, (laughs) you know, and I, and you deserve to feel beautiful about yourself. Like that's stuff that I have kept really to myself for a long time. And so, you know, over the next year or so, you know, my plan is to actually step out from behind the camera and share a little bit more of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of the reasons my why's right. Instead of keeping those kind of, to myself. Well, you know how I feel about all that. I absolutely, <laughs> you know that. <laughs> I love the whole owning that piece. I just think that's yeah. more, that makes you even more impactful, like way more impactful, just so people can realize that. I think that really is a great segue to one of your most, like just what is one of your passion projects that you do that is so freaking beautiful? So I would say that, um, you know, I've had a few projects that have meant a lot to me. I think obviously, um, for any of the community that knows the work I've done, um, with the Waterloo Regional Down Syndrome Society knows how important that work has been to myself and my career and just kind of my, um, my legacy work, I guess. Um, and again, it's shining light on people that traditionally don't get a light shone on them. Um, yeah, people that their voices just aren't as strong as others because the way our society has set up, you know, kind of this standard of beauty or standard of success and that kind of thing. And so I just feel working with that community has really just deepened my um, appreciation for humanity. Like I just, all these projects I've done, it just, I lean into humanity with all of them. And I just think that working with um, children and adults with Down syndrome it has made me a better person. I think it, it really truly has. I just, I do feel more open. I feel far less judgmental. I have far less fear around people that might seem different or um, whether it be cultural or a physical sense, like there is a story behind everyone there. Once you break down into, you know, and understand different groups of people, Mm -hmm. you really just understand at the core, we are all very much alike, despite our physical appearance, our, how we, you know, function in our own cultures, that kind of thing. So 
yeah, it's been obviously it's been a, brought a lot to my life, and I know that it's had an impact on that community um, within our region. And I also know that it's had an impact, you know, much farther than our community. So yeah, it's definitely a project I'm proud of. We're going into year six with that project this year. We've already had our meeting. We have our concept. So now it's just fingers crossed that we can execute in June. Mm -hmm. If not, we'll just rejig our dates with everything going on in the world right now, but I'm really excited for the next, next project. Okay. So this is beautiful because we were just, we were talking before we started recording, which we could have done for a super long time. We had decided to finally hit record is the fact that we are in the middle of right now, currently it is the end of March. So we are in the middle of, I'm not going to use the word lockdown because we're not locked down compared to some of the States, but we are in the middle of COVID. We are in the middle of dealing with a, um, it is crisis. I mean, we're going to see there's no, there's no way possible that we are going to come out of this the same way. And, and a lot of people have said, I just want to go back to normal. I'm like, you need to stop saying that because we're not going back where this is a new normal, not bad, good or either. It's just a new normal. Yeah. And I love what you just said, as far as like where we are right now, so many things are changing and you lean into humanity. So how as a society, or as a person, can we lean into humanity now? Because I have seen incredibly beautiful acts of humanity right now. I have friends who are taking food to people that don't, you know, don't have family. Incredible acts. I've also been in the grocery store and watched a person scream at somebody because there's no eggs. And it's embarrassing. There have been times I've been actually embarrassed to be part of humanity. So how do we, like, where can we, how can, as a society, can we lean into this? And what are just some of your thoughts on it? So I've, I've experienced both the same with you, just beautiful acts of coming together companies. You know, when you think about some of these companies in our area that have, I can just imagine been up all night designing things to help protect our, our healthcare workers. And it's actually quite miraculous to watch. Yes. And also have seen the other side of this as well, some behavior that isn't so nice online. So it, what I've done is um, obviously taken in emotionally the things that are good, the things that were coming together. Um, I also feel that we need, um, this is a time of grace. And it is a time of forgiveness and it is a time to try to not be as judgmental for people's actions. So when I see things that make me uncomfortable, how people are behaving around this, I just think to myself, they're afraid. This is coming from a place of fear. And so I'm going to give that person grace because they're afraid. Um, You know, obviously my hope is for people over time will recognize that for themselves and stop and think just a little bit before they react, right? So, or they make that judgment against a family that's walking outside or someone that's wearing a mask in a grocery store that might actually be wearing it because they're immunocompromised and they should be wearing that mask. So I think that I, for my own self, uh, I'm just leaning into grace and just giving people a little bit of grace, understanding that that behavior or that statement is coming from a place of fear. And maybe it's because they're they're. And the ultimate thing is we're afraid for our lives. Like that is what it absolutely boils down to. It's a being fundamentally afraid for our lives and just our mental life, our family life, our economic life. It's all being threatened right now. All and of so, it. 
um, you know, that's what people do in those times. Some people posture with fear and that comes out in forms of, you know, trying to control people and, and all of that kind of thing. So I think once you recognize the, the, you feel the feelings on all of this, um, if I can steal that saying from this morning, yeah, of course. right. You feel the feelings. Um, I think it just kind of can relax you a little bit around people and just not send you down a path of, of the anger, right? Because that, you know, there are moments of, of anger for sure. And you just kind of have to sit with those feelings and, um, you know, then kind of look to something good or lean into grace or the, the great things about humanity to kind of calm that down. I, I love everything that you shared. And I think it's so, so on point. And I just like, I wrote something, I think it was last night, I lost track anyways, but it was the fact that um, we are actually coming face to face with the fact that we don't have any control and we didn't have any control before COVID just so people are crystal clear. It's not like we had this magical control of the universe and now we don't, we never had it. It's just really face to face. I think it's in our face now that we don't have control. We have control over ourselves. And I think a lot of people have believed in or fought a big chunk of their life to gain control that they never were going to get. So I think that there's this, I think grace and compassion is a great thing to say at that point. And I believe, I completely believe you in what you're saying is the fact that people are afraid. Like we're, when I, when you see that behavior, give that grace and knowing that that person's afraid. And if they don't, if they haven't done, um, like any kind of personal work, any kind of you know personal development work, or any kind of inner deep digging into their own. This is it. This is just stirring up all trauma for them because it is a time of no control. Yes, I think I, I agree with you, and I think that you know the the busy of life is they're all distractions, and I'm recognizing that like real a lot these days that you know my career and my uh social life and the things I do with my family and all the projects that I do you know that those are all they not and not in a negative distraction they are just distractions from ourselves right they those things keep us away from ourselves and I think that's what I've recognized in the last few weeks because I had a lot I have a lot of distractions in my life um that now I have to sit with just me. And I think that this is the part that I think is starting to feel uncomfortable for a lot of people because, you know, uh, you think about the four walls that you're in. Now you're kind of in the four walls of your mind. The fact we actually have to just sit with just ourselves. Are we friends with ourselves? Do we like ourselves? Do we, you know, and what did we use in our life to kind of distract us from actually having to look at exactly who we were? And it does stir up some of those kind of you know, could, could be unresolved trauma, could be lots of things that we were ignoring in our life. And I think now it's right in front of us. So any decisions that we were making, I think about all of the life things that people were doing. And all of a sudden, one day you're going to the grocery store, doing your job, making your plans for the weekend and wham, it comes to a screeching halt. Complete. And people were in all stages of their life making decisions. It could have been about a job. It could have been about some a decision about your child or your marriage or your, um, you know, vacation plans or a wedding or like so many things, mm-hmm. health things, like everything. And then I think this time is just a really great pause to think about. I think my focus has really shifted from not what I lost in my life, but what I stand to gain after all this, God willing that we all make it through healthy mm-hmm. and safe. 
um, because I certainly don't ever assume anything. And, you know, what I live in that time of what will my life feel like after and what decisions, because when all of a sudden you're faced with the fact you might not be able to go out for quite a long time and that you don't know whether you're going to get sick or not, Mm -hmm. you know, your mortality becomes very real in that time. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what moves and decisions and things people feel afterwards, right? Because I think that it would be unfortunate not to take this time to think about that a little bit more. And I think you you called it a pause. It's it's perfect because it is a time. I've said to many clients, I've said to many people, what if this is the time? You've actually asked for it for a long time to have that time. And now all of a sudden you're looking at like, am I okay with where I am? Am I doing yeah. what I want to be doing? Should I be doing something else? It really brings up a lot of questions and not bad or good. It just brings no, up. No. Yeah. yeah. I think it's okay. I think it's yeah. okay. I think that I think collectively people really are feeling like there's a bigger message in this and that makes me happy. I think, I definitely think the message is not to go and put huge expectations on yourself to go and do anything crazy right now. Um, you know, just kind of maybe putting on some makeup and <laughs> having a shower right now is about, yeah. is about, uh, you know, as productive as I get these days, but, um, yeah, it's not about putting your pressure on yourself, but it is about being a little more mindful during this time and just that time for reevaluation because you don't have the distractions. Now that obviously doesn't go for it. That's not to go for everyone. There are people yeah. right now that are working more hours than they've ever worked before. Their stresses, they are on the front lines knowing that they're risking their lives. And so, you know, exactly. I think that I'm very aware of the fact that the place that many of us are in that are kind of isolated in our homes without work, the opposite is people with too much work and work that puts them in, um, you know, that basically helps us through this. And so I can't even imagine what thoughts are on the other side. They're not sitting with their thoughts all day. No, there's no time. The distraction of this virus right in front of them when they work every day. And so I can't even imagine what the thought process is on that other side for people that, you know, aren't forced to not work and that kind of thing. So I am very mindful of those feelings too, that there are a couple groups of people right now that would have very different perspectives on what this time is going to teach them. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And I, I was watching, I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of the pictures show up of nurses and doctors with their, you know, please stay home. So we can, we yes. stay home. So we, I forget how they word it now. Of course I can't remember, but it's just asking us to stay home because they yeah. can't, right. They can't. And there are some of those pictures. Again, we're back to pictures have been very, very powerful. I was watching them set up a camp in the, in yes. New York this morning in Central Park. And it was just, just seeing that is just so surreal. So you actually mentioned uh, just a little bit earlier about the four walls and the four walls of our yes. mind and how that is. And so where did that analogy take you during this time? <laughs> what did you just do in like the last week? Yeah, so, um, it's been just over two weeks now that I put my camera down. So I think I'm 17 days without, uh, since my last commission shoot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so obviously the, the first few days were unsettling for me because I'm used to working quite a bit mm-hmm. and having a full schedule and really enjoying that part of my life. And so I think it took probably two or three days, like many people who lost their, their, their jobs. 
very suddenly that all of a sudden it's like, what do I do with myself? What do I do with my thoughts? What do I do with my time? I've not, not worked in like, since I was probably 13, like had some form of a job. Yes. And so, and for a lot of people, their work is tied. And I know for me, it's tied to purpose. And so, um, I kind of sat for a few days just processing, I think what had kind of happened. Um, and really felt something bubbling inside me that I I knew that I needed to start a project to help me process my own kind of emotions and my own feelings around this and connect people. So initially I thought it would be a writing group because I I do actually really enjoy writing. It's something I want to explore more. Um, And I thought, okay, it'd be just kind of like a dear diary, a global diary kind of thing. But then it just clicked with me. Well, of course, it's got to have an image with it because of course. you live in images, Hillary. And so you, need to, <laughs> you combine. So I thought, you know, spaces and thoughts, thoughts and spaces, because these are the spaces we're having thoughts in. We're in these spaces more than we've ever been before. Um, and so, and I thought of it obviously in a global level, because, you know, here we are sitting in homes in Waterloo having these feelings, but there could be someone sitting in France or Italy with the same similar types of anxious feelings or hopeful feelings or whatever those feelings may be for each individual person. So my four walls just felt simple. Um, you know, I've named all my projects going through and and I like simple, strong statements for my projects. And so my four walls just felt really what this is. It is my four walls, whether it's a physical space of walls or really just you know, kind of the walls within our mental space right now, because they are very defined, right? It's like you in this space and we're going to take, you know, each day it's like we're closing this space and we're closing this space. And so your, your space really, even if you're out working, you're still returning home to kind of that, that, that space that you're in. So that's why I called it my four walls. And yeah, it's basically a global diary on thoughts and feelings during isolation. And so I launched it last Tuesday. I kind of put the, I, it had been bubbling for a few days and I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then I approached my photo editor and my business, business bestie that's been working with me, Mandy Blake for the last eight years, nine years we've worked together. Yes. So both of us are unemployed at the moment. So I said, I'm going to make us a job because <laughs> I can't not really work to no. some extent. Um, so she puts together all of the um, the aesthetics of the page, receives the submissions and puts them onto the templates and then posts them. Mm-hmm. And we both actively reach out to people because I see photos online from all kinds of people that speak to me and I'll reach out. We've had lots of people that just randomly submit. We've had you know, submissions from Europe, all across the United States, um, across Canada. And uh, so tomorrow, I wish I knew the date. April 1st. April 1st. So April 1st at about 1230 will be seven days since we launched. We're at over a thousand members on the Instagram page. We have over 110 posts now. Um, And, you know, I was kind of initially thinking people would just have uh, snippets of thoughts, but it really has become a form of, you know, kind of journaling on this page for people. And I know I've had lots of response privately in terms of, you know, I read it before I go to bed at night or I sit and I go through the posts from the day resonating with other 
people are thinking and feeling, not feeling as alone in their thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate the fact that people are writing hard things, saying hard things out loud, that people are saying, I feel anxious, I feel sad, I feel hopeful, I feel excited, because, you know, you do feel all those things. And I really am, um, I just have a lot of gratitude for the honesty, I think. And, and I'm impressed by the honesty that people have put out there because, you know, traditionally putting that kind of stuff out there has been, can make you feel very vulnerable. If you say like, I'm really scared right now, or I'm feeling this right now, but I'm finding that people really are just kind of spitting it out and saying things like I'm crying in my bathroom when my kids are watching a movie. I only cried two times today, you know, that people are expressing these things and people are embracing the way that we're feeling. I don't feel a lot of feelings shaming going on, which I really, it could be out there. I'm just not feeling it in my circles that people are validating those things. And I, I love that shift that, Hey, if you're not feeling scared and you're feeling hopeful and you have good energy, great. You know, and if you're feeling sad and you are crying all the time and and you have a hard time parenting your kids right now because you don't have any motivation, that's okay too. Mm So, um, you know, I really feel that, you know, right now just feels, you know, we need a great, great acceptance of the way people are feeling right now. And I've said through this whole thing, you know, when you are feeling good energy, share that good energy for people. And when you're not lean on those that have the good energy that day. So when friends will message and they've had a down day, Mm -hmm. I will say to them, I had an up day. So like, lay it on me, tell me what you're feeling, you know, can give you some. And then there's days where I'm like, I'm not feeling it. I'm feeling a little, it was a little rough. And so friends are, you know, will lift me up. And I think that's, it's just got to be that exchange of energy through this entire few weeks that we're going to go through. Mm -hmm. I I love every single thing that you just said. I love all about being um, vulnerable, having the space for that. And I, I think I love this even more. So because the first couple of days, everybody was like, this is amazing for families. This is perfect. But I had a lot of friends messaging me saying, this is like far from perfect. This is a nightmare. I can't figure out how to navigate, how to work at home and kids, but everyone else is saying it's amazing. So there must be something wrong with me. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. It's okay to have anxiety. Like we're all going through a massive transformation right now. So it's okay. So I love that you've created this space and this almost permission for everybody to be honest and vulnerable. Yes. And it feels like it when I'm reading the posts, I actually feel like I just looked into someone's diary. Yeah, what a great way to say it because that's actually how um, I I have a submission coming to you very shortly. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) when I read a few of them, I felt like it was like I am reading their personal thoughts, their personal thoughts, and so I I commend all of them, and I I just love what they've shared. So this project that you is seven days old is now what happens next. So I think, you know, we're obviously going to continue to be as big a presence as we can online, um, keep connecting and reaching out to people. You know, I'd like to see submissions um, from some of our older population that are in isolation. It'd be nice if, um, you know, I could hear some more thoughts on just people Mm -hmm. who are in the older, more vulnerable um, kind of um, yeah, section of this whole thing. So, yeah, no, I think that um, we were on the radio. Yes. On um, we were on Chime FM and we, uh, I did an, I did an interview with them and April 7th, it looks like we'll be on, um, city TV. 
That's so awesome. So they reached out, loved the project. Seven days. Seven days. Do you see how far a message can go? Yeah. Like this is what I really, sorry to interrupt you. I just want to say that. Yeah. Seven days, how fast a message in a project can go. It's awesome. It just shows the power of people needing and wanting to feel connected, right? And it doesn't have to be connection to someone you know. There's been a couple of posts that I've actually returned to. I don't know the person, but I have felt their... Um, their angst through that. And you just want to kind of reach out and say, Hey, I, I, I feel for you kind of thing. Right. So mm. no, I would really, obviously I want to see it grow. I would like to see, um, you know, I, I love seeing people's images, what they take, what their spaces look like, where their thoughts are right now. I think it'll be a really nice um, piece to have to look back on in a few years. I think I, I tend to look at photos whenever I take photos in my business I actually don't look at the photos in relation to present day. When I take someone's photo, I actually look at it as we're looking back on it, like 10 years from now. So the same thing with this project, it'll be really interesting because we will have captured this moment and these feelings in time, you know, and in 20, 30, 40 years, you look back on the things that people felt during this time and the spaces they were in, the people they were sharing that space with, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I also recognize too, and I I put this in my initial post when the project launched that, you know, I do understand and I'm very empathetic to the fact that there are lots of people out there that are not in safe spaces. No, they're not. They are not in spaces that are healthy for them. I do recognize that. And I do know a few stories in that of people in those situations. So obviously I'm mindful of that and encourage anyone that is in a space that's not safe for them to, you know, there's lots of resources out there um, that can help you. And, you know, it's really important that we watch out for each other in our spaces right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of things going on in terms of, you know, whether it be alcoholism and people being triggered during this time or, you know, domestic violence is, this is not a good time for people in those situations, any, you know, children that are not in good situations. Mm -hmm. Um, So we do have to be mindful that, um, you know, and this project is more of a deep thinking kind of, um, you know, there's lots of, there's humor in it, but also understanding that, you know, it is a bit of a somber time for people. It's not, fun times right now we're finding the fun moments in it but i'd say overall it's you know not like it's not no there's people there are people losing their lives like this is you know it's not something to play around with in our whole economy and and our life as we know know it has it'll change so yeah so i am very aware of that and wanted to make sure i i put that out there that i understood that not everyone's spaces are beautiful and warm and welcoming and comforting there are lots of people in spaces that are not, that do not feel safe. So. No, I think that that's, I think it's important to recognize all aspects of it. And I love that you do that because I think the very first few days, I don't remember the numbers, but when I heard like across North America, the number of kids that would not be eating now because there's no school programs for breakfast. Like I literally wanted to vomit. I was like, what in the world? It was, there was this massive amount. There's different, different charities that are now giving to kids because these kids aren't eating. That's right. Yeah. It just, that was, that was heartbreaking. I found that really heartbreaking too. I mean, that's not new. It's just that it was in our face and we saw those numbers. Exactly. It's not new. Exactly. So it's just, to me, it's just an awakening of we go about our day and 
and the lives that we're privileged to have to just, you know, stop for two seconds and think about families that are packed into really small spaces and, and how we all handle this all over the world. It's not the same and it's not as, no, there's lots of people that don't have four walls that feel great. So yeah, so I'm very mindful of that in this project too. Obviously, um, you know, I, I addressed that in my initial post, like I said, and I think it's important that during this time we recognize that too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll do what we can to promote this even more. So with you being on CTV, which is awesome. Cause that's only really a week away, right? That's literally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They said they loved the project. So yeah, no, I'm it's really, awesome. I'm excited. It, um, it's something that everyone can participate in or most people can like you just, you know, whether it's a child that's snapping a spot, a picture of their space they're playing in all day or, you know, uh, men, women, you know, all ages. Yeah. There's, there's not too many boundaries to, um, most people have access to a cell phone and a camera these days. It's kind of like an essential item. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So it's just that and sitting with your thoughts and, uh, just kind of journaling those out for us. Um, so yeah, no, I'm excited to see it grow and to, you know, we've got some submissions coming in from Europe in the next couple of days and it'll be really interesting to see kind of where powerful pictures there. And I think also it will, with the, with time now that school, they've officially announced that school is definitely done until the end of May. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be in this for a, quite a while. It's not going to be isolation day 12. Like we might get to isolation day 30. We, we don't know. We That's an unknown right now, but it will be interesting to see how thought shifts over time as well. Mm-hmm. And to see whether it's more hopeful or whether that tends to, you know, come down and, and we'll just have to kind of see and gauge how that I'm interested to see kind of how that changes over time too, because it is a bit of a roller coaster. I completely agree. Absolutely completely agree. And I thank you for doing the work that you're doing. I just think it's really powerful right now. I really do. Where can people connect and find you and follow you? What's the best places to connect? So if anyone's interested in the My Four Walls project on Instagram, it's my.4.walls, all spelled out. Um, And you can submit uh, your, your, you can put your submissions right on the account. You can just DM, Mandy will answer you there and prep your submission. Uh, We generally run we've got usually two days worth of content ready now. That's how many submissions we're getting. We're at least two days ahead now. So um, people's posts are usually out a couple days after they put them in. Um, If someone wanted to follow my regular page, it's at one for the wall. Yeah. So, and I will actually, I've been posting very actively on my one for the wall. I, again, when I'm running around with my career and my, and my regular life, social media posting falls to the bottom of my to-do list. I'm always like, Oh, I need to post this. I need to post that. So I just meet so many amazing people in the the region and photographs so many wonderful entrepreneurs and, and uh, you know, just big thinkers in this city. And so I'm actually taking the time in the next few weeks to be uh, sharing photos of all these sessions I've done and the people, their businesses, their dreams, their, all of that kind of thing. I think it's a great time. You're bringing the story back out again, right? Just highlighting people and highlighting their businesses so that, you know, when they reopen, we can embrace these people and, and, and their businesses. So yeah. So there actually be lots of work on, on one for the wall as well. And then my four walls will continue on. And then, yeah. So in the, and in the meantime, I'll just read some more books and (laughs) 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Have a couple naps. So I, I'm sure you've answered this a hundred times over, but what impact do you want to have in the world? Oh, that's a really good question. Impact in the world. I think that the impact I want to have uh, starts with myself. Mm-hmm. So I want to feel that I've given my spell, myself the um, the love that I deserve first. So I think impact always starts with ourselves. And so I think that if you don't put, if you don't give yourself that that time and that attention, I don't think you can have as strong as impact on the world as you think you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's probably my number one. And my number two, I think is just continuing to highlight the beauty and people that come to see me. I think it's about continuing to give a voice to those people that don't typically have voices in our society. I do. I'm very aware of the power of imagery and the power um, the message that can come through imagery. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I will continue to use that vessel that I have, that uh, it's this, this um, thing that I can kind of pour my energy and my, and my soul through. So I think I, that's kind of when I think about legacy, I think about those things. And I think about my two teenage daughters who I really don't think at at this point in their lives, they quite understand what their mom does. I think that they obviously know that I'm a photographer. I don't, I think it'll be a number of years before they kind of grasp, you know, the work that I've done and the things that I, um, that I try to represent within myself and in the community. So, but I definitely have them in mind when I think legacy and that someday they'll maybe appreciate the things and set an example for them to, um, they will impact themselves and then impact the world that they, that's around them. Mm-hmm. They will. And it's funny that they will, they come out in ways that afterwards and all of a sudden, even at 20, sometimes they say things and you're like, Oh, you were listening. Like you were listening. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the last question I want to ask you is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh, this is a, what a great question. Um, I'm actually grateful for all the hardest lessons in my life. So as much as that, um, it, it's, it's actually something I think that I read actually one of a book I really loved that I read last summer was called a beautiful no. And when I went into reading it, I kind of thought it was about, you know, just being told or just about no in general, like saying no to people and how good it is to say no and say no, but it had a really, um, a big impact on me. A beautiful no really is about looking at the no's in your life. And then afterwards, understanding why that no happened and being grateful that this person said no to me, but look what happened after this. Had that not person said not said no to me, I wouldn't have had this. And so I'm really starting to embrace the things that happened to me in my life. Um, and taking lessons from that, knowing that those are the things that are growing me 
as a human being and making me more comfortable in my own story and in my own feelings. And so I think that's the the biggest lesson for me. Oh, that is an absolutely beautiful lesson because it takes somebody who is, I'm going to use the word enlightened. I think yeah. it's a good way to say it is enlightened to be able to look at some of the most difficult things you've gone through and recognize that they were necessary to make you who you are now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And it all yeah. takes time for us to... Um, you know, everyone in their own time comes to these realizations that you you have to be on your own time frame when it comes to being able to look at those things and understand how certain things in your life have impacted you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I am so honored to have this time with you and thank you so much for the patience to make it happen because I'm so glad that we got Oh, I think it's patience with me. It's the other way around. Everyone knows me. It's been waiting for me. <laughs> we made it happen though. We made let's it happen. Call, let's just call it. It's usually most people having to... <laughs> patience, right? It's all good. I appreciate your patience for me. Thank you. Thank you. This is... Um, I'm honored. I've you know, watched you grow from your story and and seen all the wonderful things you've done in our community and, and really people touching people globally with your coaching and and all of your um, your good lessons. So thank you for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.